and I, I was, all I remember was I was driving a Jeep and something grabbed me and it turned into a Ford Explorer temporarily and then I woke up next to my Jeep again. Oh, who am I? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm the Nosewer Gamer, host of the Nosewer Gamer on YouTube, your source for new reviews of old games, and also the host of the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast, the greatest Atari 7800 dedicated podcast in the world today, and it's the only one and my head hurts. Oh man, what am I doing here? I'm in a skid. Oh, I must be in the Genesis Gem skid for their Jurassic Park episode. Oh man, it's dangerous out here. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll call my robotic announcer voice guy from the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast voice and see if he can help me out here. Oh, voice. Voice, can you hear me? I, I don't know what's going on. I, I think I'm stuck in, in Jurassic Park and I, I need some help. Yes, sir. Let me see if I can hack into the park's security system. And I will be sure to use the magic word. Okay. I am in. Oh no. According to the system, a group of raptors is heading your way. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, wh where should I go? It seems that there is a security shed about 300 yards in front of you, slightly to the left. I would highly recommend you get in there. Alright, good idea. I'll head right there. <sighs> Alright. Okay, voice, this, this door has an electronic lock, uh, password coded, I think. Can you can you go ahead and, and lock it for me? No problem, oh, I will use your standard password. Ah, oh, great. I'm safe as long as they haven't learned the Konami code. Door is locked. Please end your password to open. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, password accepted. You may now enter the security shed. Clever girl. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 29. I am Nick Stevens, and with me this week is Aaron Hickman. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, man. Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Hey, uh, we heard from Rob this week. He uh, is a no-show, but for good reason. Uh, uh, Rob is actually attending to a sick family member, so if um, everyone just kind of keep Rob and uh, his family in your thoughts and prayers, we'd appreciate that. So big shout-out to Rob. I know he'll listen to this, and we'll uh, try to have him on for the next episode. But yeah. Anyways, on with Sega. We'll, we'll go on with that. So, um, yeah, we'll try not to, you know, make fun of him or anything. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> not this time. Later. Yeah. He, Another time. He'd still be okay with it. I know, Rob. But, uh, <laughs> but we, we wish, got the hook this time. Yeah, we wish him the best. I know he said he's going to be traveling, so definitely didn't want to uh, balk him down with the uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Genesis Gems, episode 29. That's, this is the... 29 episodes that's the milestone yeah that's the longest podcast i've been on i think i've said it a few times a few of the other ones i have are just kind of one's just kind of getting off the ground the other one's been on hiatus for quite a while so it's pretty nice to almost hit that big 30 mark uh, that'll, that'll be fun next time but, uh, yeah and we also want to say a big thanks to phil anderson the no swear gamer did an awesome intro kind of skit there at the beginning so definitely uh, check out his stuff we'll put his links in our show notes and uh, 
big supporter of the show, big friend of ours from the Retro Junkies Network, so we really appreciate that, Phil. But, yeah, uh, Phil Anderson is a great guy, and if you haven't checked out his uh, video reviews, I just I love how to the point they are. You know, he explains the game mechanics. He says whether they're a family-friendly game or not. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he go he dives right into the reviews. It's just a fantastic watch if you have a few minutes on YouTube. Yeah, and he actually challenged us to do this game we're getting ready to do today because he covered it in his video, and he said he challenged us, and so we accepted it. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, uh, Genesis Gems, if you want to connect with us, check us out at facebook.com slash genesisgemspodcast. Uh, the best place to go find us is at our groups page at facebook.com slash groups slash genesisgems. We're almost at 100 members, which is pretty cool. Uh, I, I, we really didn't push this in the beginning, and I, I didn't really buy into it until I saw the success the two dudes had and then with uh, your group Retro Obscura had Aaron so then, oh, I started, yeah. so then I started pushing it a little bit because there's just a ton of interaction there so definitely go check that out uh, and we're e- getting some oh yeah sorry now, I was going to say we're having some great interaction on the group uh, you know people posting pickups and uh, you know I'll post random questions and uh, we get get a lot of good answers out of that absolutely I've really enjoyed just the discussion you can just People just throw all kinds of cool Sega stuff out there and really good to kind of just get on there and kind of lose yourself in Sega and Genesis, all that fun jazz. But yeah, definitely go join that group. Everyone's very friendly. I've, I've yet to see any kind of anger or any any type of uh, anybody putting anybody down. So real friendly. Save the anger for Nintendo. Exactly. Go to two dudes, <laughs> bash Nintendo, do all that fun jazz. But yeah, go, go check that out. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, just, you know, if you want to review a game or just say, hey, you guys are awesome, uh, email us at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at gengems. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. We are on Stitcher, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network, and you can find our links and all of our affiliate links at theretrojunkies.com. So I like that little rundown. I almost have it memorized. Sometimes I can just kind of think of it, about it in my sleep and just kind of. Facebook, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. <laughs> um, hey, as far as listener business goes, uh, Alex Burr, he did send us a audio clip, which again, check out after our outro music. He did a little wrap-up on Normie's, uh, I can't remember the game, Normie's Beach Be- Babarama. Beach Babarama. I can't want to say Beach Body, but that's not what it's called, Beach <laughs> Beach Babarama. And I believe he even did some Jurassic Park in there, so go check that out. But uh Anyways, we're just going to fly right through here, and we're going to go into Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And Aaron, I got some, uh, this is just exciting for me, right? Uh, Shinmu 3, I don't really need to say more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this- Dreamcast 2. Oh yeah, wouldn't that I be wish. great? Oh man, <laughs> that 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 should have been the Kickstarter Dreamcast Two with Shenmue Three. Shenmue Three exclusive on the Dreamcast <laughs> Two. But oh. man, but man, I, I as fishy as all this Kickstarter stuff uh, sounded with Shenmue, it was pretty amazing how quick it happened. They announced it at E three at the Sony press conference, and they had a two million dollar goal, and it was actually met within nine hours, I believe. And uh, as it stands today, I'm looking at the uh, Kickstarter page right now. Um, this is as July 5th at 10:30 p.m. <laughs> They're at about 4.3 million of their goal, or you know, over the goal. So it's um, that's the total. I'm sorry, it's not over the goal, but they they've met a lot of their stretch goals. They've even announced uh, trying to get a PlayStation 4 hard copy, which would be awesome. 
And uh, it's pre- pretty neat how quick this happened. I don't think people realize the following Shinmu had. Um, it was kind of weird how they started on Dreamcast and then made it an Xbox One or an Xbox original exclusive. I think it kind of lost some some people there, and a lot of people didn't really like the Xbox version. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah, well, and you can. The, the good news is if you have uh, a Dreamcast, Shenmue Two actually did come out in English, but only in PAL territories. Yeah. So you know, there there's still a way to play the second one on your Dreamcast. Uh, it just takes a little more work. Yeah, and I I'm so attached to the the characters in this game. Like I've I've beat Shinmue one probably four or five times now, and uh, Shinmue two I've beat two or three times. But I I'm really hoping they get all the kind of same voice actors, which I think they did. I, I didn't really read too far into that, but I uh, think I heard the original voice actor for the the main character in the video in the, the video. Well, I I know if 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 you as a pledger pledge a thousand dollars or more, it says a. Uh, the the Rio voice by Corey Marshall, who Corey Marshall is the English voice actor who plays Rio and Shinmu One will do a special voice message for you. So I'm assuming he's the same guy. I hope. I kind of liked his. He, he was almost real dry in the game, and I really liked the style he brought. To, I don't know what it is. It's one of those things where it's okay that this game is cheesy and has bad. You know, for the main part, has it's bad charming. Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certain charm to it, I, and I wanted to know uh, if you knew Nick about. Shenmue actually being a Saturn title, yeah, originally. yeah. Which I, and you can actually go on YouTube and see some of the, uh, I think it was like E3 or CES footage of the game when it was on Saturn. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, and you know, for it being the Saturn, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. The graphics were actually pretty cool. I mean, it w- wasn't. I, I believe Rio actually just had like a white T-shirt and jeans on. He didn't have his like patented leather jacket. He has. Um, but yeah, I, I remember seeing that, and it was pretty impressive for for the Saturn specs. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, if you would ever if you've ever seen like the footage of Eco, um, which was a PS2 game back when it was planned for the original PlayStation. That's what I kind of like to compare it to, where it's like, oh wow, this game looks pretty advanced. <laughs> the system was originally intended for. I guess I I understand why it never came out <laughs> on that. Yeah, but uh, as far as Shinmu Three goes, I, I I was just a little. I don't want to say concerned, but some of these stretch goals were just strange. They like Spanish subtitles and, and I don't know, just some weird stuff on here. That There's some stuff where it's like, really, guys? It's not <laughs> stuff that you would just uh, throw in a few more bucks and just put it in the game? <laughs> exactly. So, so it was just something. <laughs> an sh- options menu. Yeah, yeah. A sound test. Just something. For an extra 50000 we'll throw that in there. <laughs> just, some, just something weird about it, but anyways, I've. Maybe one if day. The, if the dream becomes a reality, I, I'm definitely willing to let it slide. Yeah, absolutely. But I've I've signed every Shinmu three petition and and in <laughs> hopes that this game would come out. I almost lost hope a couple years ago, but I'm I'm pretty excited about this. I'll I'll probably end up doing some special Shinmu three podcast when this comes out. So just stay tuned for that because there's no way I'm not talking about these games. But anyways, uh, <laughs> other than that. As far as Sega goes, I did finally, I've talked about this about every week, I talk about the Sega 3D Classics on the uh, 3DS. I finally broke down and bought Sonic uh, 3D Classic. It was like $2. It was a uh, special Sonic sale. Uh, I looked into it that same day you posted all those sales they had for PSN. So I uh, I picked that up and it does look really good in 3D, believe it or not. The uh, scrolling doesn't really make me dizzy. I was afraid of that when I started going real fast. And, and one thing too, I don't... 
you can actually do the spin dash, and this is Sonic 1. I didn't think you could do the spin dash in the original Sonic 1 on the Genesis. No, you couldn't. And so it must be something when they've gone and re-released it. Like, yeah. I have Sonic the Hedgehog 1 on PSN, and it's just the original game. So this one must be a little bit different. What do you think? Does it add to the game? Does it make it easier? Yeah, because it's funny because when everyone always asks me, what's your favorite Sonic game on the Genesis? I usually go with Sonic 2. Yeah, it just because it introduced the spin dash, which is one of my favorite things Sonic does, and now that this has spin the spin dash, I'm like, this is really cool. Kind of, it, it it definitely adds to the game, and um, the graphics actually look a little cleaner, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know if what they, they touch things up. I think just, so. Yeah. Yeah, because the the 3D effects, and I've mentioned this with Streets of Rage and Shinobi that I played, it just kind of makes the backgrounds pop a little bit. It's not real deep, but it looks really good. And I, I would recommend that to anybody. And uh, Space Harrier, too. That, that's a really good one to play 3D. So, yeah, check, <laughs> check those I, out. I, and I've always uh, heard that Space Harrier was always imagined to be a 3D game. And that when... Yu Suzuki was drafting the game up like he did all the design work of that game in 3D and then they just transferred it into a 2D environment yeah so it, you know it makes sense yeah <laughs> it works absolutely <laughs> and you know what speaking of that sell on PSN man I'm kicking myself because I didn't realize it was only going to be going on for a day or two because there were some pretty good Sonic games that were on sale and and it also included some non-Sonic stuff. I think it was Sonic's, uh, what are they saying, 30th anniversary or 30th yeah. birthday? Ah, man, Sonic, you're getting old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's still on there for two bucks, but they had Sonic the Fighters, which is kind of a, a wacky, uh, I'd almost say probably virtual fighter style um, fighting game but with Sonic characters and some some that are made up just for the game. And so I, I almost picked that one up. It's it's a weird-looking game. <laughs> sure. I've, I've seen it, but I've never played it. So it's it's weird seeing Sonic characters beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> but it's got, does it have, like, the virtual fighter mechanics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, and a few of the characters, like Bean, actually make a cameo in Fighters Mega Mix, which I used to have on my Saturn. Um, but I, for the life of me, I don't know why they didn't put Sonic or Tails in his cameos. I mean, I guess it makes sense now that Sonic and Tails are in stuff like Smash Brothers. But back in the 90s, it was just like the weirdest concept that Sonic and Tails would be in a fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Speaking of that, Sonic fits really well in the Smash Brothers universe. I, I'm, he's actually one of my favorite characters when I play that game. Yeah, so, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, have you been into anything other than the PSN? Oh, yeah. So, so I did want to mention this week's game. We're talking about Jurassic Park, and I haven't owned a copy of that game in a long time, and so I had to rebuy it. And so I went to Amazon Marketplace, which uh, you can usually find some decent deals on Genesis games. And so I found the seller by the name of Penny's Place, and, you know, I just went and ordered the game. I think it was maybe five bucks. And Jurassic Park's a pretty common game. Uh, it was a huge title for Sega when they brought it out. Um, and, you know, I, I wait there for, I think, gosh, it was three or four days. I get the package. I'm so excited. You know, I've got the game. I open it up. 
and uh, it's Sonic Spinball. <laughs> <Some reason. laughs> it is not Jurassic Park that I ordered, but thankfully I don't have a copy of Sonic Spinball, so... Uh, the first thing I did was I went and checked my email. It was funny. It's like right as soon as I got the game and uh, I opened up the package, I get an email on my phone and it's the guy's name's Chris from Penny's Place. And I'll just read you his note real quick. It's pretty short. It says, hi there. This is kind of embarrassing, but it's come <laughs> to our attention that two of our game orders have inadvertently switched. You ordered Jurassic Park, but Sonic Spinball will be showing up in the delivery I want to let you know that I have another copy of Jurassic Park going out immediately, and please feel to, feel free to keep Sonic Spinball as our gift. No action is needed by you. So that's that's Penny's place. Uh, and he said, sorry for the hassle. I hope we get a chance to do better next time. And um, you know, I just told him it was cool. You know, no worries. And I just said I appreciated them giving me a free game. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so he actually responded to me, and he said, thanks for understanding. I uh, wish I could blame one of the guys, but I'm pretty sure I packed those orders. Sigh. And he said, <laughs> uh, and I had asked if, if we could mention Penny's Place. Uh, you know, if you're on Amazon, uh, Penny's Place. And he said, absolutely, you can mention us. Uh, I'll have to check out the podcast. And oh, he said, happy, but happy button mashing, Chris. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was really cool. Thanks a lot, Chris. And, uh, you know, I definitely mention you guys on our group page uh, i put a little paragraph about this whole situation and i did get it, my copy of jurassic park just a couple of days ago in a nice little ziploc bag so <laughs> i just you know scott i'm like all right i can play jurassic park now yeah and uh and i really yeah, like of, i like what sorry, you said ahead. there you, you you mentioned something in on the facebook page about just you know nice people out in the world that that's really honorable that's really good that, that that's a good way to keep your business going you know what i mean actually actually following through with something like that so kudos to that oh, guy. yeah yeah definitely uh you know because he could have just said oh, i'm sorry uh do you want to reorder the game <laughs> <laughs> send the sonic back yeah <laughs> yeah you send sonic back and we'll send you you know now if it would have been something like oh we accidentally sent you a copy of uh castlevania bloodlines um <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm keeping this. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> no, you no, no, you sent me the right game. <laughs> you sent me the right game. Oh man, that was another thing. I was, I was trying to uh, look for like a local trading group here in San Antonio, and uh, I found one on Facebook. And I get to this guy, and he's got uh, Castlevania Bloodlines for like thirty-five bucks. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's too much. I can't bring myself to pay that much even though the game is amazing and so i said okay well let me trade you know can i can i trade these games and he the guy just ended up blowing me off so i'm just like okay i, I get the hint you'd rather have cash than have some trade-ins <laughs> so you, you know you had different experiences with people online but um yeah i mean that's that's about it for me um sega wise i have been playing a few games like you know i played desert strike here and there and uh, I had a crazy project I was wanting to do that kind of fell through because I didn't realize how much work would actually go into it um, and that was um, trying to get a Genesis controller or arcade stick to work on an NES <laughs> and the problem is is that the chips inside the controllers of the Genesis and the NES are not similar at all <laughs> and those are like the brains of the controller 
And so um, to actually interface those together takes some some real work. And uh, I was talking to a guy on YouTube who had done the opposite. He had taken an NES controller and gotten it working on a Sega Genesis. And so he had messaged me back and he said, yeah, man, just it's not even worth it. <laughs> just, you know, either build a controller from scratch or, uh, you know get an advantage or something like that. It's like, ah, okay. I, you know, I'd want a fun little project and something to show, uh, like Michael Kelso from two dudes and be like, look what I did. But, uh, you know, I guess the dream is dead, but uh, you know, that's all right. Um, I, I like working on little hobby projects. Um, so, you know, I'll think of something else. I I think the next thing I'm probably going to do is get a soldering iron and, uh, you know, find some project to do because there's all sorts of things like um, you could take a, a master system controller and add a start button to it. So, I mean, there's some neat projects you can do. You can um, region mod uh, Sega Genesis. You can add, uh, I think, stereo sound to it. So there's some cool projects out there. That's cool. I, I figured the Nintendo couldn't handle that blast processing. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, speaking of blast processing, <laughs> uh, I posted a picture in our group, and it was because a buddy of mine had sent me a Sega lanyard. And so uh, if you see this picture, it looks like I'm a Sega employee or something like that because I'm wearing like a blue polo, and I've got a Sega lanyard. And uh, I literally just posted, ask me about Sega. And <laughs> people started asking me these random questions. And, and so I, you know, sometimes I, I'd give them a... Uh, you know, some straight up answers or I'd give them some uh, kind of fake or, you know, just silly answers to things. Yeah. Um, it, I guess the one the one I'll actually read is uh, someone asked me what blast processing was. OK. <laughs> and I just said blast processing is a marketing term for making a game go really fast. <laughs> it can also be used to describe the after effects of eating at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I believe, I, I think we're going to pursue this, Aaron. Um, we'll have to set it up later. But Rob had the great idea of, of making a segment on the show called Ask Aaron, and we're going to have to come up with a question per show and ha- have you answer, you know, per your <laughs> genius answers you had on Facebook. There, <laughs> I think that I think that'll be epic. Make sure you put that lanyard on when you when you record the show. I think I will, man. <laughs> I wear that all the time now, <laughs> all the time. That's awesome. No, I, I love that. That turned out to be like one of our more uh, popular threads there on, on the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. Ask Aaron. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, it's it's funny because I, I, I have a lanyard that just has like my, my college that I went to. And, yeah. And uh, everyone just assumes, like if I'm out and about away from where I work, everyone just assumes I'm a teacher there. So I'm, 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 I was thinking about getting like a, a lanyard of my favorite baseball team. Everyone may be assuming I work for that baseball team. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> you know, I walked into Best Buy wearing a blue polo and black pants, you know, black slacks. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, I walked into the wrong store because I look like everyone else working here. <laughs> that happens to me at Goodwill because I have a my company, there are you know, official colors, like blue, like kind of like the Goodwill store. And each, so anytime I wear one of my company shirts in the Goodwill when I'm going game hunting, people will start asking me questions and they're like, like, I know what's going on. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't work here. Hey, that's perfect. You just be like, you just walk up to the employee and, you know, just uh, whisper into the ear, I have employee discount. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that, that'll be 40% off. Yeah. Of course, I, I think I made one of the ladies that work there kind of, 
feel awkward because I was like, is there any way you can call me when you get new video games in? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm that loser that gets to the Goodwill all the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's where I, I mean, you can pick up some, I, I picked up a few Sega games there. I picked up a box copy of Aladdin once. So. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've found a lot of box copies of like sports games, but they were good sports games like uh, Joe Montana football. I got that. The, some of the RBI baseball games, things like that. We're not so. talking like uh, what Lakers versus Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I actually like a couple of those I games. I liked that one yeah. Bulls, when I was a kid. It Bulls versus Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I, liked, uh, I liked the idea that they had like signature moves you could pull off for your star player on each team, but that was kind of that was kind of innovative at the time. But yeah, those just I mean, and uh, to me they just kind of moved kind of slow. Yeah, uh, it wasn't until you got to like, uh, was it NBA Live? Yes, NBA Live '95. That was one of my favorite yeah. games. And those were good. Uh, the thing that was weird about those was the perspective, probably that isometric kind of diagonal. Yeah, thing. yeah, getting used to that. But no, they were good games. Yeah, yeah. For I mean, even Sega tried to uh, imitate that with their. I think it was NBA Action. They they did like a series of that. Which yeah, was, and they, they it, do like a David Robinson game. Yeah, they did David Robinson. Uh, I think Pat Riley was one of the first games that came out basketball. Yep. That, 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 oh, that. and uh, what was it? Dig Vitale, <laughs> Awesome Baby, Slim and Jam Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a double dribble game too on Sega that it, it, it's interesting. I like to cover that one these days. It's it's got some some good and bad parts to it, but maybe one of these days. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do a sports game because I, you know, since I've been on the show, I don't think I've uh, been in on one of those. No, nah, I, I think the only one we've done is uh, NBA Jam, which I mean, really, that you think sports games? That's not like a true sports sim, I guess you'd say. But th- there's some. <laughs> no, not quite. But... I I always kind of regarded the Genesis as the superior sports machine. I oh, lo- yeah. Love sports games when I was a kid. I still do, and and I can still pop some of those old football games and baseball games and have a blast. So. I remember I had uh, I think it was Tecmo Super Bowl three, uh, and it was the I think it was the one you could only get a re- at a rental, uh, the final edition or something like that. Okay. Um, and I used to love playing that one because I just love that series. Yeah, I, I I had a buddy down the street when I was growing up. I mean, we wore uh, NFL Joe Montana football '94 out. I mean, we played that game <laughs> all the time, all the time. Yes. And I, I still have that I remember, one. I remember when talking <laughs> sports games were all the rage. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> The sports talk baseball. That's one of my favorites of all time. We'll we'll get into that one of these days. Maybe oh, around yeah. maybe around World Series times we'll we'll pull that out and <laughs> cover it. All right, man. Well, hey, you wanna jump right into this? Sure. All right. Game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on. Yeah, game on. Sega! Jurassic Park. Man. Hey, uh memories. Oh man. Like I mentioned a little bit ago with that uh J Montana game. I, I didn't actually have a Sega when I first uh during that cycle, and I, I mentioned this many times on the show, but a friend of mine down the street had it, and uh, he had Jurassic Park, and uh, it was one of those games I didn't play a lot of. I watched him play it, and we I kind of just waited for him to get through parts so we could start playing wrestling together or something. We were we were big real we were real Rumble fans at the time, so it was one of those games I didn't get to dabble much in. But um, man, during that time, you know, ninety three, ninety four, that movie coming out, I mean, that that was just such a big deal, the big dinosaur movie, and all these games coming out, so. I had fond memories of the game as far as that goes. I, did, I didn't get to dig as deep into it as I, did, as I would like to as a kid. I remember it being really hard, which yes. just still rings true today. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. but I, I had I, I, I ended up getting this copy, and I actually had a 
Jurassic Park on the Game Boy, which was surprisingly good. It was a overhead perspective. I think it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it was an it. ocean ocean title, yes. and it kind of looked like the Super Nintendo and the NES version. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more like collecting to get through. Like you had to collect dinosaur eggs. And dinosaur more. eggs. Yeah. yeah. And I actually really I I had a Game Boy and only had about four or five games to hold me over. Um, and I played that a lot, so I, I did like that. Um, and I did play the Genesis version uh, a, a little bit, but. It, it seemed like my memories were more fun than playing the game now, but I'll walk into that later. But uh, did you have any good memories on this one? Yeah. Uh, so I first remember seeing this, I think it was at um, a Hollywood video. They used to have a kiosk for upcoming Genesis games. And for some reason, I really remember this game uh, and just how unique it was. The most unique thing in, in you know, Jurassic Park Mania was just about to start uh, was just the ability to play as the raptor I mean to be honest it, it that was the selling point of the game was that you know you could play as dr. Grant or whatever but being able to play as a raptor you know it's just amazing because you know it's this big scary dinosaur uh, and he was just you know had super speed he could jump really high uh, you know, collect rings, go fast, you know. <laughs> He's almost like Sonic. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's a he or a she. But anyways, Jurassic Park Mania. Uh, and it was crazy around that time. I was a little kid. I remember it being inescapable. It was everywhere. You know, the toys, the movie, um, all the different games. And I honestly remember playing the Super Nintendo game first. Um, we also had a Sega Genesis and a Sega CD, and I remember us renting the Sega CD game version also, and that one's completely different. That's like almost like a Mist style game. Oh wow! Where you've got like these moving CG, you know, it's like a puzzle game on rails basically, and so you've got these moving images, and you have to solve puzzles. It, completely different than what Blue Sky developed on the on the Genesis, uh, and Jurassic Park in general. It, this is going to be the craziest thing. Uh, I will be honest. I never saw Jurassic Park when I was a kid. <laughs> um, full disclosure, my brother, my older brother came home and he basically ruined the whole movie for me and just told me scene by scene exactly what happens to Nedry and to <laughs> Muldoon and, you know, like every major beat of the movie and um, my oldest brother, Gordon, he, you know, I, I think he was the type where he's like, oh, it's, it's mega popular. I don't want to go see it. Like he, <laughs> he, he was in that late teenager phase. Hipster, he's like, no, I don't. He, he was doing that hipster thing. Oh, I don't need to see it. Or, you know, I've read the book. And what's funny is. Michael Crichton. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I wanted to be like my oldest brother. Um, I wanted to be just like him. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to see this movie either. You know, like even when we owned it on VHS. Uh, no, I, I didn't see it. And what's funny is he saw it like a few years later. I didn't see the movie until about 2006. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I'd read the book, I think maybe in, in about 2000. I just hadn't. For some reason, I hadn't seen the movie. I'd seen like clips on TV, but I'd never seen it back to back. And so it's just crazy. My my memories of the the, the movie and the game are kind of unique, I guess. Yeah. So, so you're a Michael Crichton fan? 
Yeah, I'm a Michael okay, Crichton fan. So I've I've only read three of his books, but I've read uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Lost World, and I've read uh, Timeline. Okay, okay. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Eaters of the Dead, which is actually the movie Thirteenth Warrior. If, if oh, ever okay. Seen yeah, he, he actually, I, they had to kind of adjust the name when I went to, to theaters, but I uh, love that book. And I, I, I like the movie too. Um, it, it, you know, reading Jurassic Park you know, and being a fan of Crichton kind of got me into that. And I actually think that's his best work, in my opinion. But, yeah, uh, Michael Crichton's kind of interesting in that um, he's not so great at having very vivid, dynamic characters. Yeah. Uh, he's more of a scientific writer, and he wants to, you know, give you lots of details on the science behind things. But they're always fun books, you know. Uh, they're always pretty riveting. Um, I, I remember really enjoying the Jurassic Park book, but I think it was Spielberg that really was able to transfer it to the big screen and make it believable. Because um, that's CG. It, I mean, it's still aged really well 3d or not i yeah i don't need to yeah. see it in 3d you yeah. know it's it still ages really well we actually if anyone wants to go back and listen uh ryan and i from the uh, 90s entertainment show covered jurassic park uh, on one of our 1994 or 93 94 episodes but it came out 93 right i think yeah I think yeah 93. yeah so we covered that in one of our episodes and uh you kind of hear our opinions there but yeah i mean it was one of those movies I didn't appreciate till till probably later on. I remember it coming out when I was a kid, but it was not until high school that I really got into just to be able to respect the the scale of that movie and and the CG that happened at the time. And it was it was just it's kind of a cool time to to go back and and dig into that. But yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Michael Crichton fan definitely. Like I said, if you guys have ever watched the Thirteenth Warrior, you know, go go check out Eaters of the Dead, the book. It's much better than the movie. <laughs> I sound like a hipster. You got checked out the book, <laughs> not the movie. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, what's funny about Jurassic Park though is I almost say the movie is on the same level as the book, or maybe yeah. a little better. Um, I think it's just because it's easier to go back and watch the movie than to read the book. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's still both of them are really good and i and it comes back you know for me in my childhood i remember having a fascination with dinosaurs and playing with dinosaurs as a little kid and um to me that was an extension of that and just being like whoa like maybe this could really happen did you ever have that sensation like wow this could actually maybe (laughs) exist someday um and and then i remember the weird owl parody uh you know jurassic park is frightening in the dark all the animals are running wild wasn't that uh, the, uh, someone left the cage out in the rain? And so it was a parody of MacArthur Park. Yeah, and wasn't the album called uh, Alapalooza or something? Like it had a, I think it yeah. had the silhouette of Weird Al in the Jurassic Park symbol. Oh, exactly. And it's it, like you're never going to forget the name oh, of that... uh, the movie or the book or the game because the logo of the park is plastered in every level. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, f- I almost forgot about that album because I had a had the uh, bedrock anthem which was uh the spoof off of uh give Red it away yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. Dad, 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 do now <laughs> man what i got i'm gonna give it to you wilma <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> i completely forgot about that album until now man <laughs> classic yeah, absolutely well cool that was a heck of a memory section there i, I think everyone's <laughs> I'd, I'd say even if you because i'm not i'm really not the biggest fan of dinosaurs i never was that attracted to him I, as a kid I but had to make a you know what in science class i think what got me into it sort of was i had to make a dinosaur pop-up book 
<laughs> and so you'd flip the book open and this dinosaur would just like be right in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I'd have a little blurb about each dinosaur, you know, like this is the brontosaurus, this is the you know, the triceratops, the pterodactyl, here's T Rex. You know, I had to make T Rex front and center because he was always the, the big show. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean yeah. this movie was probably the first thing I actually I'm not saying I'm into dinosaurs now, but probably the only thing that was really alluring to me as as, as a dinosaur goes. Yeah, but. You know, I think dinosaur movies before Jurassic Park were pretty cheesy. I tried to watch one that came out before Jurassic Park. And uh, the only other one that I can say that is actually pretty good is probably Godzilla. <laughs> but even that, like being a kid, I remember seeing some of like the 80s ones. They were just really cheesy and dubbed and... Um, like this was the first movie seeing it where I kind of felt like it was believable. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah. the only other dinosaur thing I was into as a kid was probably Land Before Time. You know. Yes, yes, <laughs> Land Before Time had a much different message, much different message than uh, than this, obviously, because uh, the whole thing with Jurassic Park is, uh, you know, science shouldn't play God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So that's the whole thing. Land Before Time was uh, just trying to survive, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. Which th- this is one of the reasons I wanted really want to get Rob on the show because he's actually seen the new movie. Have you seen the the Jurassic World? No, I, I have, have not seen it, and I'm thinking myself. I, I yeah. really want to see it. Um, I think there's some continuity between the God, the first three. Jeez, I haven't even seen Jurassic Park three. <laughs> it's not that great. It's but all right. It's all right. I've heard there's some continuity between the movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see it. And I know that just came out. You know, there's a new Terminator movie that just came out. There. Yes. Rob's, I mean, Rob sees all the new movies. I know. I know. He's going to have to do the little, little review. Which, um, I, I was kind of, I wasn't really excited about the new movie until I found out uh, Chris Pratt was in it. I love yes. Chris Pratt. I love that guy. I, yeah, Parks I, and Recreation. Yes. And, recently in uh guardians of the yes Galaxy. yes which kind of shocked me how well he did that movie I, I, he was in a i think the first movie i ever saw him in was uh moneyball with brad pitt and uh all oh, that one guy but it was about uh you know they kind of took a gamble on the oakland athletics and kind of built the team from all these oh jonah hill right? yeah jonah hill yeah yeah so uh chris pat i think he was actually the first baseman in that movie and it was he, he did a pretty good job and then, I, of course, I saw him in Parks and Rec, but I'm really a big fan of that guy. So I definitely want to go see that movie. But, but hey, yeah, <laughs> video games. <laughs> video games, man. It's, it's Oh, it's so hard, man, because it's like uh, Jurassic Park is just so enveloping. There's so many, you know, things. And there's I know there's bigger fans of Jurassic Park than even we are. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yep. Um, and people that obsess over it. And there's so many Jurassic Park video games. As we, you know, as I already mentioned, you know, you've got like three or four different versions of the first Jurassic Park game. You know, if you count this one, Super Nintendo, um, you know, NES Game Boy, you've got like a Sega CD, 3DO. Uh, so, I mean, first movie was huge for video games. Yeah. Of course, you know, it's. It was at the time where you kind of took a gamble. Is is the licensed movie video game going to be good or is it going to be awful? You just you never knew back then. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Because because nowadays it's just kind of like no nah, that game's going to be awful. It's just kind of the uh, the way we <laughs> perceive well, video. It's, 
yeah, it's just like, um, what was it? True Lies. I didn't think that would make a good video game, but um, it's it's actually a pretty good game on Genesis. Yeah, yeah. So it really just, just depends on the franchise and what kind of game they make it into. Yeah, I always get that, and, conf I get that confused with Last Action Hero. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had its own video game yes. also that wasn't that no, great. It, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jurassic Park on the Genesis uh this game was published by Sega of America and developed by Blue Sky Software, which did Shadowrun that we re that we reviewed recently. So that was yeah. kind of cool. That was kind of cool. I, I was kind of wondering did, about... Uh, what? Sorry, Vector go ahead. Oh, wait, Vector Man 2. Is that another one they did? Vector Man 2? And... Yeah, they did the Vector Man series. Yes. And then they did, like, one PlayStation game, and then they went poof. They disappeared. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I mean... You can see, I, I was wondering about that because when the thunder hit in the beginning with the lightning, I'm like, hmm, that looks familiar. I, I wanted to go back and play that against the Shadowrun game, but I didn't get to, you know, the beginning of the game. <laughs> but Both of those have really cool intros, but I think this yeah. one takes the cake. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that's the most probably iconic Sega intro other than, like, Sonic, the Rego. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> T-Rex just pops out. And if you haven't <laughs> played the game, I hope we're not spoiling it, but he just pops out and he's like, it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was released in 93, like we said. Um, it was composed by Sam Powell, who did Shadowrun as well. And it is so obvious. Yeah. Wow, yeah. is it obvious. Because going back and playing this after playing Shadowrun, I'm just like, oh, wow. It's almost like the Shadowrun soundtrack is just leftover tunes from... Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. There's some definite similarities in in the composition style, where it's kind of like a dark bluesy sound. Yes, yes. And the, and I always go back to I don't know why, but I always go back to X Men when I think of some certain sound effects. But there's some sound yes. effects in here that are just like X Men. I don't know why. It's, and and that's the same thing I explained before. It's it's the sound engine they're using. It's like the default gems sound engine. Yeah. Uh, that Blue Sky used, I think, up until Vector Man. Like, Vector Man was really when it got a different sound composer, a uh, different composer, and for some reason, whatever he did, it, Vector Man just felt fresh. Yeah. That's the only way yeah. I can describe it. Like, everything about that game, you know, the, I almost feel like the music had an overhaul. I uh, <laughs> hope I'm not spoiling it too much, but the, the music in Jurassic Park is uh, it, it's kind of there. Yeah, yeah. Just say that. It, it, it's moody, and I would say it sets the mood for what's to happen when you play the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about that. Absolutely. Um, as far as availability, Aaron mentioned earlier that this game's pretty common. I've seen it at about every retro store I've been to, and you can get your hands on it for pretty cheap. Uh, the... Uh, listing we use here is the uh, Genesis slash Mega Drive app. Uh, it lists the cart only as an average price of $5 and the complete uh, goes for about 16 I've seen this for 2 or $3 uh, at uh, some of the flea market stores I go to and some of the retro stores. So you, you definitely can pick this up pretty cheap. I, I've rarely seen it complete though. I don't, I don't know about you, Aaron. Have you seen it complete in the wild? Uh, you know what? I have not. In the last few times I went to a uh, retro shop, I haven't seen a box copy of this game. No, yeah, I, but I there's always, a ton of loose copies. Exactly. There. I've every because a lot of times I'll go on eBay and buy like a, a lot of uh, Genesis games in one auction, and uh, you you see games like this and like Eternal Champions and about every lot you get. So it, it's it's one of those recurring duplicates I get. I've actually I actually gave one of my carts away on a different podcast I was in. Um, I believe it was when we covered the Jurassic Park movie on uh, 
Nani's Entertainment Show. I gave it away and, and oh, signed nice. signed it and gave it to somebody. <laughs> and I, I ended up getting two you more. Sign it, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that, that was kind of funny because I think that was one of our first ten episodes, and it was kind of like I, someone asked us to sign it. And I just thought, really, that's 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 cool, but kind of weird. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it's no. Like oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just a guy on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah that's cool uh, so speaking of the box though did you notice this game was rated ga ga yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we, it just made me laugh because uh you know it's definitely doesn't feel like a ga game well yeah and that, that first level i remember being a little bit scared me yeah because you're, you're in this jungle and it's real dark we'll get into that maybe a little bit more in detail later but yeah that that's one of my achievements <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, as as far as that gameplay goes, I mean, you're, it's almost a little like survival horror in a way because you're limited ammo. You're you're not real. You're definitely not overpowered at all, and it's just kind of like, ooh, it's kind of spooky. But yeah, I, I agree with you there with that. <laughs> um, do we really need to talk about the story? I I am gonna. Um, you know what? The story is pretty bare bones. Yeah. The game does a decent job of. Uh, I mean, okay. So the one great thing is when you play as Doctor Grant. Uh, it has the coolest little opening cinema, which is, you know, you've got the Jurassic Park Jeep uh, going down a a rainy highway or road or whatever, and it's going down there. And um, I have to say the graphical assets in this game are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of photorealism in it, and it's, go, you know, the car's going down a, a highway, and then um, it zooms into, like, a first-person view, and you see Dr. Grant, you see his face in the windshield, and then you see a T-Rex just, like, come tearing out. And, and uh, it's just, like, the scariest-looking T-Rex, like, right in your viewpoint. And then you see him, like, uh, it, it zooms out, and you see him, like, tear the, the Jeep and try to rustle it. And uh, that's kind of how the game starts. And then, you know, you, you, you start the game in kind of a, next to a turned-over Jeep. Uh, I almost think this game could have done well as kind of like a maybe a flashback style exploration game. Yeah. Um, but you know it, it works okay. It, it's kind of a little bit of that style in that you you've got to uh, collect you know ammo and stuff, and and then you've got to uh, hop up on platforms. You know you got to kind of vault yourself up. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got that, you know, a lot of people on our page kind of described it as like that Prince of Persia type grabbing Yeah, onto. I, you know, I think one person on the page said they liked it better than Prince of Persia, and I just kind of have to thum- thumbs that uh, down. <laughs> I know it's nowhere near as good as uh, Prince of Persia uh, for me, sorry. Uh, and uh, it's funny, I, I wrote this note down because I didn't want to forget it. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what uh, T stood for in T-Rex until I read this. When you when you when you get to, it's it's the Rex, you know. There's there's no name yes. in front of <laughs> the, Re- the Rex. The Rex has demolished your car. I think that's yes. <laughs> oh, I remember that being so. The, the other thing I remember being so hilarious is that if you pick the Raptor, the game actually reads to you like like you can actually read. Like the Raptor is so smart that it can read the dialogues. Yes. <laughs> <from> the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I I, I need to admit this too because I, I was thinking about it when you were talking about playing as a Raptor. I didn't even realize there was a different part of this game until 
I was into emulation later on in life. Cause I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I had no... Because I always thought the player thing had something to do with two players. So anytime I'd play okay. the single player, I just went through the game. I had Sometimes no clue. I always knew about it. Yeah. I think it was reading video game magazines at the time. I think that's what did it. Well, yeah. And I, I'm just glad that... I'm just glad that I didn't just now figure it out. I can at least admit to that. It was I was probably in middle school or high school when I was playing it, uh, you know, getting through emulation and all that stuff that I finally realized you could play as a raptor. <laughs> so. And you know what? This um, the story in this game is very simple. It's basically you're Dr. Grant and you have to get to the power station and cut the power back on. Um, and then I think escape in a helicopter or something like that. But there's no ancillary character. There's no nobody else in the cast. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's almost just you versus the all the animals. And I don't even remember seeing any other humans when you play as Doctor Grant. You know, there's no uh, Doctor Sadler. There's no Doctor Malcolm. There's no uh, John Hammond. Um, you know nobody else which is kind of confusing yeah um and then um the storyline for the raptor is really simple it's basically like uh <laughs> go find dr grant and eat him yeah. <laughs> you know, basically it's like rampage don't killer. let him get off the island yeah <laughs> that, that's when you actually see other humans when you're playing as a raptor you can you know just jump into oh them yeah you they... can just jump on them and knock them over which is <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> But yeah, I, I like I mentioned earlier, it gives you that feeling of kind of survival horror in a way that you're you're, you're one guy and you're kind of just out there fending for yourself. And I, I I don't know about you, but when I played this game, I constantly felt lost. Like I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. Should I jump down? Am I gonna hit spikes? Am I gonna hit a platform? I don't know. And then, yeah, and if you jump down too quickly in this game, that was a pain because you'd hear the the death. Yeah. The, ah, you know, it's just yeah. Because if you, if you jump down too far, it wasn't that there wasn't something that was going to catch you. It's just it was too far down, um, and, and especially the parts where there was like a bottomless pit. It's like, oh come on, and you're you're lost in a forest. It's not like you're uh, in the treetops, like yeah. you know you're in Ewoksville, in <laughs> uh, you know Star Wars three or something. It's come on, you know, <laughs> shouldn't we on like the, be on the forest ground or something? Exactly, exactly. Ah. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, did you realize as the raptor that you can actually run? Yeah, and it's kind of. It took me a while to realize that you actually have to kind of hold up and to the right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably get into that a little bit later. But yeah, it, it, it was just the the controls overall kind of annoyed me. But yeah, that was one of those ones that I did on accident as I was running. I, I thought, oh gosh, I can run too. And of course, the raptor can jump like ridiculously high at some super point super high yeah, yeah. So, if you hold the up button and jump yeah you can jump like um probably three stories into the air well and I, I didn't realize that i got to the second stage there and i'm like how where do i go what do i do and yeah i, just, I hit like, up stuck What's, I, yeah. I hit up and i jump and he just grows like rocket boots on the bottom of him or something <laughs> just, wow but yeah that was i i de- i don't know about you and i can say this now i definitely enjoyed playing as a raptor more than i did grant so much more because you didn't have any power-ups to worry about picking up. Yeah. It was Pick up like... a carrion or you can eat the little mini raptors, <laughs> whatever they are, the little dinosaurs. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of those, like, 
you know, I guess I don't know if it's a turkey leg or what, but he just kind of eats, he or she kind of eats automatically. That was kind of a nice and, little. And you know what's funny is, uh, yeah, it's like it's just random meat just lying there. I'm surprised <laughs> he's not eating the humans, but I guess that's the GA rating stuff right Yeah, there. yeah, that's true. But uh, have you noticed uh, when he tramples dinosaurs, their animation, it's like they're sleeping. And it's because they use the same animation as when you're Grant. Yeah. Grant doesn't actually kill anything. He just shoots them in the face and they just kind of topple over and sleep because he's <laughs> shooting with trank darts and like mustard gas. Or yeah. Something. And uh, yeah, as, as the as the raptor, uh, I'm just calling Mr. Raptor. I might be a Miss Raptor. <laughs> uh, Mr. Raptor, when he uh, knocks over other dinosaurs, they just kind of kill over and yeah. uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't know about you, but I tried when they did kill over and sleep. I tried bending down and like eating them. And he, he can do the motion. It looks like the raptor is actually eating the the body, but it never did die. I, no, you can only eat the the really little, tiny little dinosaurs. Guys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe they're so little it doesn't matter, so they keep the GA rating. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the one thing I will give this game, um, as far as playing with a Grant. There are there is a little bit of variety in the levels. Um, I didn't get very far. I watched most of the game on uh, YouTube, but I did get to the uh, I believe it was stage three where you get on the raft and you're constantly running out of gas and things. And you got yes. to go. So I mean that 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 that's, that's, that's not the first place where you see the T Rex. I think so. level four. I, I can't think remember. So. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it it. <laughs> I, I appreciate the dynamic in the game, but that stage was really annoying. <laughs> Trying to, I'm like, oh, can I not get this thing going any further than a couple of inches before <laughs> I got to pick up a gas can? But I, I yeah, do, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I felt like the first stage was probably the more painful stage, just with not knowing where you're going and sliding down these hills and just, just kind of guessing. And I, when I was watching some of the playthroughs on YouTube, you can tell these guys had played this game a lot because they knew exactly where to jump. They were yes. Just, they were going blindly into it. You're like, yeah, this guy's been playing this game a lot. Yeah, the playthrough is the Raptor where the guy beats the game in less than yes. five minutes. Yep. <laughs> I definitely could not. I think I got to stage four or five with the Raptor and, and couldn't get any further than okay, that. Okay, you actually, you actually beat that... Uh, that labs or what is that stage that stage with all the uh was it lava i think so i call it the lava stage um I, they have a name for each stage and, and it's the third level and what makes that level so annoying is the very first tricky jump you have to make is there's um kind of a tunnel that you're crawling through um a pipe and there's an opening right at the edge of the pipe, and you have to turn and do a jump just as you're about to fall off and die. Uh, so that's the first tricky jump. And then you keep going in the level, and every jump after that is tricky. Yeah. There's like some little trick to it. And then the problem is the viewing screen, the available viewing of this game is not that large. And so you really can't always see where your next jump is going to land. And so there's a lot of trial and error involved. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to you have three lives, no continues, right? Exactly. And, and I, I got to admit, that life bar took me forever to figure out because you have three. When you start the game, you have three yeah, gr- green bars. Like, 
and I, I just I just assumed that was all your energy for your one life, and you know I'd be just trotting along thinking, oh I got two thirds of my energy left, and I get <laughs> I get hit and I'm dead. I'm like, what just happened? And then, Sucker. Exactly. <laughs> because you know you're falling on spikes in the first stage, you don't automatically die. You just kind of get up. I guess he just kind of pulls himself out of the spikes and right. keeps, keeps going. Because <laughs> usually in a game that means instant death when you fall on spikes, but and then uh, of course this game. Yeah, and then the knockback. Of from the Triceratops, oh, my painful goodness! If you don't pick up those little bombs, the smoke bombs, and throw it at one of those Triceratops at the beginning, I mean, it's you, you just kind of hope it it picks you up and throws you over its head, so you can just keep going. Yeah, I think I had an achievement for that one. But what's <laughs> funny is, uh, he's actually friendly if you don't face him head on. If he's turned around and you jump on his back, he won't ram you. Is that right? Because I just go. Yeah. I just go head on. I'm like. Yeah. I just go full tilt, or I just throw. If you throw a grenade at him, he's out. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I don't like wasting my my trank darts on him. Yeah, because I, I don't use those grenades very often unless it's like throwing it to a different ledge or something. But the trank darts, especially with those, uh, I don't know if they're pterodactyls or pteranodons, but the things that are flying at you all the time. Those are you know what, what that ele- Yeah, it, that electric gun. Thing, it just feels extremely underpowered to me. Yeah, like I, you can charge it up, but I never liked using it. I never used it. I don't think I ever found a reason for it. <laughs> yeah, I just think the the weapons could have been thought out just a little more. But the main frustration I have with playing is Doctor Grant, um, and probably, you know, this game was in development for like a year and a half, and to me, it feels like they really spent more time on. On the assets because you know the the graphics of the game do look pretty good and like the you know some of the art of the game and the photo realism photorealism um, looks fantastic because like the lead artist is Douglas uh, Ten Naple who also worked on the Earthworm Jim games yes, yes. Um, and so that that really does show but man as far as the engine. Uh, you'd have to go and play Jurassic Park Rampage Edition, which I kind of feel like is a do-over of this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Blue Sky did that one. Um, but, yeah, man, the, there's so much slowdown when you play as Dr. Grant. Um, when you get to certain areas, and you're just like, why is this game chugging along? It doesn't even feel like there's that much on the screen. Yeah. Just, ha- just having that unfinished feel to the game. Yeah, it's funny because you said that I was. I'm kind of just messing around with it right now on my TV, and it was an extreme slowdown. And I jumped, and then I I didn't hit my gap, and then it like sped up like double time to my instant death at the bottom of the. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it, it it's pretty bad with that, and I agree. I, I, the presentation's there because when you look at the in, the opening screen and the way the logo pops out of those opening doors, uh, it, it looks so good. But man, they just they did not deliver. Uh, with some of the parts of this game, especially with Grant, yeah, I I, I can almost say I don't really like that at all. I'd rather just kind of have the Raptor game, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, and I think uh, Michael Kelsa made a good point um, where he was saying that uh, he really preferred Rampage Edition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know, when I was a kid, I kind of thought it thought of it as DLC. I was like. <laughs> Honestly, I did. Uh, back before there was such a thing as DLC, I thought, like, oh, okay, so Rampage Edition is like the same game, but slightly different, like maybe more levels. Like, that's honestly what I thought it was, but it's a brand new game. Um, but they really cleaned up uh, 
the graphics, the backgrounds, and they uh, fix the speed issues. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you know, there's still some some good gameplay in there in parts, and uh, you know, there there's a part where you, in level two when you're playing as Grant, um, where you kind of have to climb up a, a fence, and you it's kind of like a little game where you have to wait for the electrical current to pass by before you cross yeah. <laughs> and uh you know it, what's funny is uh you know when, when you get shocked you get to a little part where it's like you have to either avoid the uh electrostatic charge or go around it or something and if you get char- if you get shocked by it oh man i was sitting there for about what felt like 30 seconds <laughs> trying to get off this stupid little area and uh yeah it can it can be frustrating and and you know i think someone had said um there's kind of a little bit of a puzzle aspect but nothing too crazy in this game it's literally just push this crate over here (laughs) so you can get to this location and you know i i like that you know there's different things in this game like the ability to uh cling onto certain ceilings and climb on you know he can grab onto the wiring or uh, climb onto vines sometimes, but it just felt kind of clunky. Yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely not as fluid. Nowhere near as fluid as a game like Ninja Gaiden or something like that, <laughs> which just moves at a constant 60 frames per second. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Ninja Gaiden. Anyways. Uh, like, <laughs> Why are you talking about a better game? Uh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's a gem, even though it's not on Genesis. Right. Well, that version, the Nintendo version, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really, really, really tried to really dig into this game, and, and it was, it was almost a struggle to even want to record because I didn't feel prepared. Because I, I always feel like I need to play the game to its completion before I can, I can record. But man, right, I can't. But you know, if you watch videos of this game, you're like, there's not too much else to it. No, I mean, you no. run into the, you, you face off against the T Rex like three times, and you don't <laughs> even have to kill him. You know, it's basically you throw a grenade at him, he kind of just pops back, and then you can run past him. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. We'll get into the... Um, yeah, and what's <laughs> funny is the Dr. Grant stages are a lot longer, and there's more levels for some reason. And you would think that they would want to make the raptor areas just, just as long or... or uh, you know, give him just as many levels, but it, it feels like when you're playing as the Raptor, the game's over a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. It, it, maybe it was just added just to kind of, I don't know, make it a little bit more interesting. Maybe they realized the the Grant part of it wasn't as good as they, <laughs> they wanted it to be. Let's just throw a Raptor in there. It's overpowered and just could kill it. And, and you know, that was the argument I'd always heard about why this is better than the Super Nintendo game. And it always came nah. down to the Raptor because you can play as a Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that idea was genius. I'll give him that. But the rest of the game, and I'll probably get a ton of flack over this, and we'll we'll talk about this later. But it's kind of like the idea of Aladdin being better on Genesis than Super Nintendo. Everyone's like, "Well, in Genesis, you have a sword." I'm like, "Yeah, but that doesn't make up for all the crappy hit detection." <laughs> but anyways, that's <laughs> <laughs> I can go into that one other day. That's Not wrong. yeah, I know. I, I'll get kicked off the show fast on that that uh, argument, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Oh yeah, but um, if I wanted your opinion. I'd give it to you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think the shining spot of this game is probably like number one. We said the presentation. Too, the graphics are really good. Uh, well, now we know, like we said, the slowdown is just just awful. But looking at the the models, it kind of has that. 
uh, it, it almost reminds you a little bit of, like that Mortal Kombat look with uh, yeah it's digitized but in there's a little bit of motion capturing it feels yeah, like yeah but it's not fluid I wish it was more fluid like a game like flashback or Prince of Persia yeah yeah the, the movement feels a little bit choppy not so much when when you're the rapper it feels kind of fluid yeah. but when you're Grant there's kind of a choppiness to it yeah it, it, it's definitely better than uh was it Batman Forever that was really bad that had that awful uh oh yeah <laughs> it was one of those Batman games but it, it definitely acted a lot better than that but it, yeah like you said like flashback or uh what was that other game? Was it Out of This World that had a really good... Yeah, uh, Out of yeah, This World yeah. that had the rotoscoping that was just Yeah, amazing. yeah. So I'd, <laughs> I remember playing that game. I was awful at it, but I, I respected the heck out of that game just the way it looked. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, I'd, I'd say presentation and just, just the look of the game are, are the, the shining points of this. And along with the sound, um, now this is not a soundtrack that I would want to pop in my CD player and go outside and take a run to, but it suited, it suited the game very well. Uh, being like I said I felt like it was a survival horror game so a lot of environmental sounds uh, I think the only gripe I had with the sound was probably that electric sound on stage 2 it just got a little annoying a little overwhelming at times because I thought oh, I, yeah. cause yeah. I thought the, I thought the music in stage 2 was really good but it was just that, that sound effect just kept popping it, in kind of ruined it for and me I, and I think I told you what it reminded me of if you've ever heard of the the band the ventures yeah i think yeah. it was the ventures and, and you know they're like kind of a, a surf rock type band yeah. um from the 60s and it's the bass line which is like and then it's kind of dark so i was like it's kind of like the ventures meets depeche mode, or something like that. <laughs> depeche mode. <laughs> oh yeah so it's it's interesting but you know sadly the soundtrack otherwise isn't all that memorable like one of the songs literally sounds like an outtake from shadow run yeah yeah exactly it sounds so similar to um i forgot which area it is i think it's like the penumbra district or something yeah it's like wow this sounds like the same song <laughs> i agree i i definitely it was funny because before i really dug into it i i felt like man this sounds really familiar like i like i know this and then once I started researching the game and, and who did it, I was like, okay, that makes total sense. The guy that did Shadowrun. So I, I, I didn't know it before I played the game, but this time around. So, and that's what's kind of cool about doing these podcasts. I, I didn't really dig into a lot of this stuff. You know, other than like Yozo from like uh, Street to Rage games and stuff. That Those kind of guys I knew, you know, Yu Suzuki and all the games he made. But there's a lot of Sega games that I didn't really dig into until now so it's kind of fun putting all the puzzle pieces together who did what games versus and this is like the second blue sky game i think we've done yeah yeah who knows we might do starflight at some point we might do uh i don't know if we'll do uh techno clash because this was that was kind of the game they did <laughs> in between jurassic park and uh shadow run yeah but it's not as good as either yeah we did do <laughs> we, we did do techno cop which was an interesting game <laughs> Yeah, way way back in the day, <laughs> but yeah, that was interesting. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, graphics, a little bit of the sound and presentation, uh, kind of the shining points for me. Um, and and really, <laughs> other than that, I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I could probably gripe about a whole lot more, and I'll, I'll get into that with the pros and cons later on. But uh, um, was there anything like specific with the stages, or, or you know, there was really no bosses to, to, to take no, on? No, that's what that was part of the unfinished feeling. It's like they they kind of just shoehorned in the T Rex. 
Yeah. And it was the exact T-Rex they had in the intro screen like yeah, before the game starts. The same animation and everything. He pops out. And I and I know as a kid, if I would have remembered this, it, that would have freaked me out. <laughs> like just going through the level and him suddenly popping out in the middle of the stage. Yeah. But now you're playing it and you're just like, he's just part of the background. Like, yeah. He can hurt you, but, uh, you know... It, I, I think it should have been something like a like a ghouls and ghosts type thing where the last boss is like, you know, this 20 foot tall monstrosity. I think they should have had the T-Rex as the last boss and have him be like, like you know, impossibly huge. And you have to jump on platforms to get to the top of his head. You know, like that's that's what gets to me. Like, I, I almost think if they w would have had more time to spend on developing this game, uh, they could have incorporated more, I guess, just more cool things. And, and one thing yeah. that kind of got to me was, uh, and I think it was because they were developing this game, game before the movie came out, I think as early as 1991 or 1992. Uh, you know, they hadn't actually heard the music from Jurassic Park, the movie. And... It gives the game a totally different feel because I think Jurassic Park, the movie, what gets people is it really starts out as a very light movie. Yeah. Uh, very, you know, vivid colors, very light, very bright. And the music is just very soaring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're just like, oh, we're, we're in for a really cool adventure. And lots of lots of humor, uh, humor, too. I mean, like, yeah, lots of humor. And you get none of that in the game. <laughs> I'd say the only humor is seeing a T-Rex say Sega. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just kind of dark from there. You know, it's just like the title screen's very dark. The <laughs> levels are, you know, it's like you have to turn that uh, contrast knob up all the way because it's so dark. <laughs> you're exactly right. I had to do that. I. I have an old CRT TV here sitting beside my desk, and I had to go into the menu and turn it. Well, the one I have, it's a, it's an awesome Sony Trinitron, but you had to sit there with the little knob and turn it to the right. That's <laughs> no, the same thing here, man. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that the overall tone of the game is, um, this is basically you know, Sega being able to do darker games than what could be on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell from the get go where it's just like. Uh, this is a tale of the hunter versus the hunted, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, but specifically, level design-wise, I think some things just didn't make sense. Like, there's one part of level one where you can kind of just fall indefinitely. You notice that? Where the, where the screen just keeps scrolling down? Yeah. I've seen a few games do that where it's like, uh, okay, why did I just appear on the top of the screen again? Well, yeah, and, and even when you're getting ready to the, get to the very end of level one, if you go left instead of right, it's almost like the uh, remind me of playing Zelda with the uh, Lost Woods or something, where if you if you don't go right and you go left, it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over again until you finally go right, and then you're kind of in like a little cave area and you can finish the level that way. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I, I kept... Yeah. Okay, it was just like, well, this is strange. Is this supposed to be a puzzle or something? Game broken? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then I, I couldn't remember, like I said, it's been so long since I played this. And once I finally kind of ducked underneath and kind of went down that little slide, I'm like, oh, there's a whole new part of this level. And then that was it. So it was just Yeah, kinda... it's like the sliding was interesting, but I felt like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I th think I would break every bone in my body doing this, but uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what what uh, difficulty did you play it on? Did you try easy or hard? Oh, uh, man. I, at first, I tried easy because everything just seemed impossible until I found the right 
weapon to use and use the grenade more often. I find that, um, you know, using the, um, as long as you kind of figure out how to balance things out, it's okay. But, uh, you know, using the darts, especially the more powerful ones um, on the mobile enemies and, and then using the weaker darts, I guess, on the uh, uh, the pterodactyls. Um, so just knowing when to use the different weapons, it was okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I had to put it on easy at one point as Dr. Grant just because I was like, I keep dying. I, I need to learn <laughs> this level, and then I'll go back to normal. Yeah. And then once I did, it was okay because all normal does – the AI, the game, you know, I'd read that they said that there, there was some special AI in this game, but the AI is actually fairly dumb. It doesn't <laughs> really change all that much when you play it uh, that I can tell, like, at all. And when you're playing as the Raptor, um, they, the guards pretty much just sit there and just <laughs> wait for you to kill them. That's true. Well, I, I stuck it on easy, kind of the same thing you said. I, I just couldn't get through it. and. <laughs> I must just be really bad at this game because I really didn't feel like it was that much easier. <laughs> but like no. I said, I I, uh, I I just tried, you know, probably yesterday I, I put it on easy and I, I didn't mess with the Triceratops in the beginning like you said and it really didn't turn around and notice me at all and, you know, you can get over it a little faster but I think on normal it kind of it's maybe a little bit smarter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I didn't really see a huge difference and I wasn't a, even about to try it on hard so I just kind of stayed away from that. I, I didn't really see an advantage of playing it on easy versus normal. Mm, no, maybe it's a placebo effect. Yeah, and I, I usually... Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny because nowadays if you put a game on easy, there's really... I, I remember playing a few like the arcade beat-em-up games, and if you put it on easy, you know the, the uh, enemies were easier and the bosses were easier, but it actually gave you less continues. And, and the, the game ended abruptly sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. Like, now so, you must play the normal mode. Exactly. So now like if you're... If you're one of those achievement junkies or, you know, really wanting to get all the trophies on you know, PS3 or Xbox, you must have to play it on each difficulty setting to, to beat the whole game. But I, in the early days of, I'm going into a weird tangent here, the early days of like Xbox 360, you could just play it on hard and it would unlock everything. But it's like now you have to like play easy, normal, hard, extreme, whatever. It's kind, <laughs> yeah. of gets, kind of gets annoying if you're trying to get all those achievements like that. But. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and nowadays, if you're going for achievements, if you beat the hardest mode, it kind of unlocks all the achievements for the early, you know, the easier modes. Yeah, sometimes, and especially if it's one of those games where you have to take two paths. I mean, you have to play it twice, whether it's two times on easy or one time on easy and one time on hard, which kind of drives me nuts. But that's that. Because I, I really, really hate being a bad guy in video games. I don't know what it is, but anytime I play one of those games where you have a moral choice, I usually pick. You know, trying to be a good guy. Except this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Raptor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, you know what? These enemies are dumb. They deserve to die. <laughs> hey, maybe that's part of the innovation of this game. It kind of innovated the, are you going to be a good guy or a bad guy? You got a choice. So there you, go. you know, it, it probably did. It's definitely the first game where you could choose to play as a human or a dinosaur. Yeah. So there you go. There's, there's some innovation involved there that we can... Claim. All right, hey Aaron, I really don't have any much else to say about this game, um, unless you got something to wrap it up with. I no, thought... let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to um, our what's the next thing here? Retrofitted achievements. The Channel Systems Retrofitted Achievements. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> I've got some that I wrote down. Yeah, me too. And we didn't. Uh, we totally skipped over the high score challenge because I really didn't see. There's, is There's there a any... password system, but I don't remember there being a score in this. Exactly, game. exactly. And I do have some cool giveaways, so listeners, stay tuned. We're the next game we should be able to do some high scores with so just stay tuned for that but uh yeah retrofitted achievements uh you said you had like six is that what you said yeah i've got six man i got three so uh let me go over my quick three and then we'll let you oh, hit it we'll yeah. let you hit it out of the, out of the ballpark so my first one is raptor or hardly knower and that's uh just putting down <laughs> a raptor <laughs> sorry that might not be too family friendly, but uh, no, I, I've been using that one lately. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and this, if if Rob were on this show, he'd probably do this. Maybe you have it, but this next one is called uh, "Open the Door, Get on the Floor, Everybody Walk the Dinosaur," and that's uh, beating the game as the Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, third one is "It Must Be the Shoes," and that's uh, jumping a million feet with the Raptor. However, in the world you do that. <laughs> Oh, I, I had a similar one. You're going to like my first one. Uh, so are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> my first one is Jurassic Parkour. Uh, <laughs> leap super high with the raptor. That's great. So that's a little uh, office reference there. Parkour. Yeah, parkour. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here we go. The second one is uh, shock to the heart and you're to blame. And that's uh, touch the electric fence in level two is Dr. Grant and watch him, <laughs> watch his skeleton appear. Man, we're, we're picking up Rob Slack here with this music. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, and then the third one is Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. And that's um, have, turning your brightness all the way down on your, your screen to get the, uh, the, the true effect the game's going for, which is complete and utter darkness. <laughs> Um, and so my, uh, let's see, maybe I had seven. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, I had six. Okay. So here's four hooked on phonics coming to the, the realization that the Raptor must be able to read because the game is taking, or the game is actually talking to the Raptor between levels. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh, you better go find Dr. Grant. <laughs> you don't want him to escape from the Island. Do you? You know? <laughs> it's just yes I am reading along as a raptor you just imagine a raptor like picking up a book and like reading the pages like a diary or something yeah. it was like what, what's the backstory there did, did Grant like say something bad about the raptor's mama or something <laughs> I must have jeez <laughs> told like the, the most heinous yo mama joke <laughs> uh, let's see alright so my fifth one is uh Welcome to the jungle, baby. You're going to live. And that's uh, <laughs> escape the clutches of the, the T-Rex the first time you meet him. <laughs> and uh, my last one, do you remember the movie Babe? Yeah, was that the movie about the pig the, or the baby? About the pig. Okay. And like he, he utters this simple phrase uh, at the, the end of the game. And I don't know why I thought of this one. And it's a uh, ba-ram-you. Okay. <laughs> And it's uh, get skewered by the Triceratops at the beginning of the first level as Dr. Grant. Because you know what's going to happen the first time you play this. He's going to pretty much charge at you like a bull and make <laughs> mincemeat out of you. So those are my six. That's good. I was really hoping your reference uh, to that movie was actually, I think it was the movie called The Babe, which was... Uh... John or uh, John Goodman as Babe Ruth. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally forgot about that movie. So good. Oh, wow. Yeah, 
But yeah. And as soon as you said babe, I figured you met the uh, the pig. Which, the, again, I get that confused with Charlotte's Web. I just, I can't. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it's a good movie, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. I think it came out a year after Jurassic Park did. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. Didn't know that. All right. So that's retrofitted achievements. Aaron wiped the floor with me, but it was good. We we picked that's up Rob, right. Rob Slack with the good music quotes there. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's just go right for this. Is this game a gem? Is this game a Genesis gem? Is it good? Or is it garbage? And I'm sure you saw this too, Aaron. I looked at the Moby games for uh, yes. critical reception. And it looks like the score was 75 out of 100, which was pretty good. It was actually better than I thought it would get. There's a when I, when I scrolled through the uh, critical reception, I didn't really see any big names as far as outlets go. I did see Entertainment Weekly. Uh, what else did I see here? Uh, game players, Sega16.com. So there there wasn't like an IGN or a uh, or a Game Pro or anything like that on here. So I think the lowest score it got was a 58, which was kind of surprising. But uh, yeah, so overall, I got a pretty decent score. Um, I don't know. Did you find any of those interesting? Did you read any of those reviews? You know what? I think the most interesting I found was um, I think there was a retrospective one. I can't remember who wrote it, but they were saying that this game was actually better than the Super Nintendo game. Yeah, I think I saw that uh, too. And I think they basically based that off the fact that you could play as a raptor. Yeah. Um, and and so on face value, uh, you know, this game has all the makings for a great game. Um, and I, I think this is what's going to decide for us what's going to make it a gem or not. Yeah. Um, it has all of the makings of a great game. It's got the presentation, the style, the the cinemas, um, and you know it sets the mood. But ultimately, it just doesn't does not execute as well as we would like. The level design is just kind of half baked. The um, the slowdown um, as Dr. Grant is frustrating. Um, you know, if you were just playing as the Raptor, it would be cool up until you get to level three <laughs> where it's just it's like the difficulty spike is insane on that yeah, level. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so ultimately, I would say the game is just good. I wouldn't call it garbage. I would just say it's just good. Yeah, and I, I think that was the consensus with our listeners. Um, let me, I'll read through these real quick here. Uh, Joe Copel says, I personally like the NES version more, but that was also the first game I played. I do like this version, and the T-Rex saying Sega gets me every time. Jumping leaves something to be desired, though. I'd say it's good. With a few tweaks, this could have been a gem. Uh, Tyson Tran said, it was okay to me. Uh, Blake Worrell says, it's just good. Playing as both the Raptor and Dr. Grant was awesome, and graphically it looked great. Unfortunately, it's a bit buggy, and the controls are a little rough around the edges. Certainly not garbage, though. It was a big seller, so it's one of the most common Genesis games and can be snagged on the cheap. And then he mentions uh, the Rampage Edition, which there's a lot of talk of that. Uh, Brian Bowen says, I've actually never played it, so I'm looking forward to this podcast. Uh, big shout out to Brian, by the way. He joined the group. Yeah. He's been very active and just seems like an overall awesome guy. So big shout out, Brian. Uh, Michael Kelso, this is what we were talking about earlier, says Rampage Edition is a gym. But, but yet again, Michael comes up and he never answers our question like we ask. So Michael, <laughs> another worthless post. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Geyer <laughs> says, I also never played this. Definitely on my list to get. 
Chris Card says it's pretty good, very atmospheric. I'd suggest playing as Grant because the game is longer and the controls are better. Playing as a Raptor seems like fun at first, but the third level pumping station is practically impossible due to the lack of jumping space. Pumping station. Yeah, yes. that's what you're talking about. Uh, Stephen Randa says it's good. It mixes elements from the movie and the original book. Uh, Chris Kupana, I might be saying that completely wrong, said had good times with this one. Anyone, anyone else ever pick up the Rampage edition? Uh, Cameron Worm says, "Was that I, a rental only? I don't. I don't know. I, I honestly have never played the Rampage edition. I never even tried to emulate I've it. I played it a little bit, and yeah, you should try an emulation if you can't pick up a copy. It, it moves a lot smoother, and the game is a lot lighter. Okay, yeah, I need to. Yeah, like it. the first stage, you can tell is like, oh wow, it's like, you know, this one actually takes place during the day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Cameron Worm says, "I didn't play it much, but I watched it. My, I watched my friend play it a lot. Pretty cool game." Um, William Culver, which William, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listen to the gems, we will get you on for this, I promise. But he says, uh, man, I'm still waiting on the Golden Axe series. Uh, <laughs> we, I know William and his wife are huge Golden Axe fans, and he talked about it a lot. So whenever we cover Golden Axe, I'm definitely going to invite William on the show. So William, if you're listening, uh, we're definitely going to try to get you on for that. Uh, Daniel Walker says, I love this game, definite gem. I remember spending many hours on this one, although I really hated the boat level. <laughs> And let's see. Matt Daly says, "I wasn't. It wasn't what I expected. It reminds me of Prince of Persia or Out of This World, where every move you make should be deliberate and carefully planned. Rushing through a level will spell disaster. First-rate graphics, and I love the dino sounds, but the music is pretty subtle. It can be frustrating at times. That boat level is a killer, since usually you get sent back to the beginning regardless of where you die." I also saw a lot of slowdowns, something that shouldn't happen with all the blast processing, right? <laughs> but despite the tricky parts, I kept coming back for more, and that says a lot. I made it to the visitor center, and I imagine I'll keep playing it until it's finished. All in all, I saw a game that I call good. Too many little issues to keep it from being a gym. And then your co-host, Paul Stevenson, says it's a good and, wor- and it's good and worth the time to check out. I played more as the Raptor than Dr. Grant, and the Sega intro is one of the best. I wouldn't put it in my top 15 games, so it's just good. And the last one... Uh, Anthony Pig says a good game, but it's lacking in the controls. But better than Prince of Persia. Still trying to no. figure. <laughs> That's the one we were talking about. Still trying to figure out where you need to go and what you can grab on on to take some getting used to. I hate the snapping branches. I do too, Anthony. So I think the consensus there is that it's just good. I didn't hear many gems. I don't think I heard any garbages, which kind of shocked me. Yeah, yeah, um, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. So, Especially, I think everyone has a has fond memories of this game as a kid. Anyone who played it as a kid remembers liking it. Yeah, and it's yeah. because you know you usually as a kid remember difficulty. You remember things that stick out to you, like, oh wow, a T Rex, you know, right out, right out <laughs> of the gate, being able to play as the Raptor. So exactly, and and I I think my memories kind of outshine what I thought of it today. Um, I was on the fence about this one, Aaron. <laughs> And I, I did write down that I thought it was garbage. <laughs> I thought I might get some slack for that. I don't think I'll ever play this game again. It was kind of painful to play. I Honestly, I took it out of my cartridge and put it on my shelf with no intentions of playing it again. And uh, I, I, I was, this one be given away too? <laughs> maybe, maybe. If someone really wants this game, let me know. I'll send it to you because I'm sure I'll come about another copy. But it, it just it was painful. I, I had... Uh, I was more frustrated than, than enjoying this game. Like I said, there's a lot of really good ideas. Like you mentioned, there's some big pros with the presentation and, and some things. I think it could have been good. 
but it's just too many things keeping me from really enjoying it so I, there's times i wish there was a middle ground between garbage and good just kind of like it was bad but oh like subterfuge or, yeah yeah but <laughs> I, I i had to go with what i first said i even told much, a, <laughs> um exactly much <laughs> i even told kelso the other day when we recorded the other one i said i'm really not enjoying this game at all so i'm just gonna have to say that's that but anyways with all the with your rating and with all of our listener ratings, we're going to have to put the gavel down and say this game is just good. My my one garbage can't can't sway that. So that's yeah. the that's the final word for this game. I don't know if you have anything else to say about that. I am done with Jurassic Park. I hope to never play yes. it again. <laughs> and I just bought it, so I'll probably play it a few more times. <laughs> I actually really want to play The Lost World because that was, I think, the last released official Sega Genesis game in North America. Am I right? Okay, okay. Because it was like a late release. We're talking like 1997, and that game looks really good. Yeah, I, I knew there's. If you've ever seen any video of it, but it's a top-down game, and it looks really good. Sounds cool. And, I I, I did actually by the same creators of Echo the Dolphin. Okay, okay. Now I, I did enjoy the Jurassic Park game where you sat down and get to shoot the guns at the uh, at the <laughs> dinosaurs in the arcade. That was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. the Konami one, I think. And I think, then the I think it was PlayStation Konami. one was really good, where you yeah. just straight up played as a raptor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I think that wraps up Jurassic Park. Um, hey, our next game, and I'm, I'm not gonna make this a secret. We had a uh, a vote for the next game. This was the listeners' pick. Jurassic Park was actually my pick, believe it or not, because of the challenge we got from Phil. But. Uh, we, we posted the question, you know, what game would you all like us to play next? And we got three responses. It was Earthworm Jim, Splatterhouse 3, and Outrun 2019. And it looks like Earthworm Jim took the win there. So we're going to be doing Earthworm Jim next. And that's a really, really cool game to be playing for our 30th episode, I think. Because that, that game is very iconic, especially on the Genesis. I think for the most part, <laughs> we won't go into it right now, but I think for the most part, people prefer the Genesis version over the Super Nintendo version. So yes. we'll, we'll definitely uh, be talking about that. I already have it, which is great. I got it. I bought it a complete in box from Myrtle. There's an awesome retro store in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina. I got it complete. It's got the poster. I'm waiting on to get a frame for the poster to put up in my room. Can't wait. So um, I'm pretty pumped about playing this game. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that talk for the next episode. <laughs> and I've actually already done a podcast on Earthworm Jim. We covered it in the 90s Entertainment Show. So. Look but, at you, man! Yeah, it's just retread for you. Oh, I know, <laughs> but but that's okay because it's it's worth talking about again. Yes. So, Might uh, even talk a little bit about the Sega CD version. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, it was kind of neat because that same episode on Nineties Entertainment Show was the first time I ever talked to Rob McCallum. He came on our. He actually approached us, asked if uh, we wanted him on the show, and he actually oh, from the Nintendo Quest. Yeah, so uh, he he talked a, he talked a lot about because uh, he he met up with uh, Tommy Tallarico, who did the. Uh, Sega CD uh, soundtrack, so he he mentioned a lot about this. So that was really cool to have him on there, you know, mentioning that. Um, kind of brought. I didn't realize all that, and of course, the Tommy's actually on the Nintendo Quest as one of the interviews. So, so yeah, even though it's not Sega Quest, we'll give Rob McAllen a big name drop here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, check. Just stay tuned with us. We'll we'll be talking more about Earthworm Jim. Like I said, it's going to be a pretty interesting lead up to that well i'm sure we'll have plenty to plenty 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 to talk about i i played the remake on the playstation so that that's even something cool to talk about and 
uh, you know, everything Earthworm Jim was just fun between the cartoon or the or the sequels. It's just a it's a heck of a series to talk about. So we'll we'll be having fun oh, yeah. with that. Hopefully, Rob, uh, everything's cool with Rob. He can come back and chat with us. And like again, thoughts and prayers to Rob and his family right now. And just uh, re- remember him if you think about Rob Luther at all. <laughs> just think about that instance, and we'll uh, we'll uh, keep you all updated on how Rob's doing. So yeah, awesome. I just went off there, Aaron. You got anything else to add? No, uh, just, you know, stay tuned. We're going to bring you another great episode and, and hopefully, yeah. you know, get it released uh, on time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, 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 we just, yeah, we keep on having to reschedule, but uh, we get it eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely, uh, <laughs> it's priority, but, you know, family and, and jobs and things like that come first. So definitely, most definitely. Um, but yeah, also, guys, stay tuned after the outro music. We will listen to Alex Burr and his I keep wanting to say Aaron Burr we, we mentioned that on that last one I, I'm going to post that yeah. commercial in our group just just because but yeah Alex has got some cool things to say really appreciate his uh, j- just him wanting to pr- participate with, with the group and if anyone else wants to do something like that uh, send us a message we'll, we'll work with you it, it, I always feel like it's our duty to give back to listeners because you know without listeners and the interaction it's this is really not it's fun because we get the you know aaron and i and rob get to hang out and chat but it's a whole nother dynamic when listeners get involved so keep that up we love that yeah so aaron uh i don't have much else to say how about you uh no um (laughs) yeah just you know you can always check out my other show over at retro obscura uh you know we're trying to uh, release more episodes and keep it on a regular basis. It seems like I put out a lot more Genesis Gems shows. <laughs> uh, but that's because I'm actually editing Retro Obscura and sometimes it takes me forever uh, with yeah. everything else going on. But uh, yeah, you know, just, you know, catch up on some of, some of our shows. I promise, you know, we're, we're going to be back big and strong. Uh, we've got episode 50 coming out here in a couple of days. So wow. look for that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's talking awesome. about uh elevator action returns <laughs> awesome game I, I love it because there's so many games you all talk about i've never heard of but there's always there'll always be one game that you'll mention on the show i'm like yes i played that too i mean it's just <laughs> it's kind of exciting to hear what you guys are going to talk about so. well and and uh paul and i actually got a chance to meet up in chicago and we played elevator action returns we just happened to play that game at the arcade so <laughs> I, it'll be an awesome show for you guys to listen to and That's, you know we're also on the retro junkies so yes and yes. we've got a whole bunch of other really great friends uh that are putting out fantastic content all the time that we Absolutely. sometimes forget to mention so check Absolutely. them out and like any, any system you can think of you'll find something there I, even the old stuff like you know we, i grew up on the genesis and, and nintendo but we have some awesome very talented and, and knowledgeable guys who talk about the atari and the ColecoVision. you know big shout out to william culver because he really hits those the systems that i don't have any experience with at all and it's real interesting listening to those shows because you know that that's the stuff he was into so definitely go check that out and then uh, i'm also on another show with uh, michael kelso uh, called metroidvania mayhem where we're starting to pick, pick up a little steam we just did episode five which is a uh, you know pretty good uh, number there we're trying to do once a month episodes we'll, we'll cover old games and we're also covering current games so go check that out and support us we're on facebook and of course the retro junkies network as well so go check that out but uh yeah so with that guys please again go check us out on itunes on facebook all that stuff leave us a review really appreciate that like i said we've we ha- <laughs> our review has kind of slowed down a little bit I, I don't know if we've just reached that point where people don't want to 
good. Uh, there's a lot of people who listen to us on like Stitcher and things who don't use iTunes, so I understand that. But if you are on iTunes listening to this and you enjoy it, um, just take a few minutes if you don't care to go give us a good review. We'd really appreciate that. So, man, Aaron, with that, I don't have much else to say. So, listeners, we will catch you later. All right, take care. <laughs> Genesis Gems fans, this is Alex Byrne. It's June 29, 2015, and uh, I'm here to record my opinion on Normie's Beach Babelrama, which is a <laughs> really cool title done by the one, the only Keith Robinson, whom if you uh, have never heard of or have never, you know, had much to do with, he is basically the man behind the Intellivision now. He holds all the rights to all of it, and he's one of the coolest people of gaming I've probably seen in a very long time, if not ever. Basically, you gotta love Keith Robinson. He is just awesome. Um, he made this game. Basically, he made this game. His company made this game in 1993, 94, I wanna say. Let me reset the game here and find out. Anyway, yeah, uh, Normie's Beach Baby World is based off a comic. Um, it's like a comic book. It looks like a comic book. Uh, came from the later part of the early stage of, uh, oh, there we go, 1994. Sorry. <laughs> 1994 was 1990. It's, it's the later part of the what I like to call the puberty of EA. Where there were some games where EA really went on a limb rather than where they all played it safe. Where they, you know, like the early games that were great, like Road Rash, NHL 94, the Strike series, which Urban Strike is my favorite one. Nobody ever talks about that. Urban Strike is the, my, the best one, I think. And some games were good, like the early NHL games, they're alright. And Madden, 
Most of those are okay, actually. Bill Walsh is way better. And Starflight, if you never played that good game, game, it's like um, kind of like an unlicensed Star Trek. It's really hard, but I like to mess around with it. And there's a lot of bad games that they made, like Sword of Sodan, Dark Castle, Budokan, James Pond. I know there's that one game that uh, Dave from GameSack, if you watch that show, you bought that. Might have been Sword of Sodan. I can't remember what it was called. Where he 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 bought a Genesis just for that game, and it turned out it was very terrible. Um, the graphics in this game are really fun. It's like a comic book. Um, the introduction I want to love, and uh, the music is yeah. it's kind of got that. If you listen to the music from Micro Machines, it sounds about the same, but. There's always odd sound effects that they use in his musical notes. The dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Dee, 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 dee. Oh, it really drives me nuts. But I get what they're going with. I really would have just dropped that. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. And a lot of the music or little sounds. Oh, it was bad. But I, I wanted to like it. If you don't like it, if you get my drift. Um... Another thing I really didn't like is the, like, if you move, like, if you hit it, he goes, and then you, there's kind of, like, a little bit of a delay. And right off the bat, not even a minute into the game, you have that section where you have to jump a lot. You know, ba-bang, 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 like the logs and uh, the alligators in Pitfall, kind of. Except the control in Pitfall was way better. Uh... And as my beloved angry video game nerd says, you die, 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 you die. Oh, I died so many times. It took me about 20 minutes to beat the first level. And I love you, Keith Robinson, but this game just is not, it's not, it's not terrible. I'll give you that. But it's certainly not good, and it's certainly not a gem. If you find it for a few bucks... I'd say pick it up just so you could say you own a game called Normie's Beach Babe Rama, which is more fun to say the title than it is to play most of the game. But it's cool for the idea. Oh, Jurassic Park. Sega. I have a lot of memories of this one. This is definitely one of the ones where we rented. Uh, I can distinctly remember renting this in either. Probably was 1995. Um. Definitely remember eating pizza on the floor with my buddy during a thunderstorm at night playing this game and wanting it to be amazing. Uh, and I'm sure it got a lot of purchases based on its name alone. And now that I've been a little older, I remember compared to the other console versions of this game, this is probably one of the best ones. But that's not really saying much. Um, that's not what taking in the Rampage Edition, which is way better. Than this game, um, yeah, you know, it's got one of the best intros ever. Uh, you know, with the dinosaur looking at you going, Sega, like I just said. Um, never owned this game as a kid, uh, really enjoyed, really wanted to like this game, but right off the bat, it's really hard, and you can, you know, you don't know what to do, and that big thing comes at you, and you either spikes you or you use all your weapons trying to kill him. And then you have to take a bunch of leaps of faith. You don't really know where you're going. Ah, you know, ah, ah, ah. And falling all the way to your death and getting nibbled on by the little dinosaurs. It looks great. It's, I mean, the graphics are kind of dark, but, like, it's like, 
really cool, and it seemingly starts right in the middle of the movie, which is weird. But I I just remember renting this one a few times, um, liking the movie a lot better. Um, and the Rampage Edition just blows this one out of the water. I can't say how much I like that one way better than this one, but both of them are barely mediocre for movie games. Um, I gotta give it credit for the great opening and the music and the intro video and everything. And you, you can play as a dinosaur, which uh, I think is the only version you can do that on. And if you've ever played the CD version, that's, you know, this one blows it out of the water. Don't ever buy the Sega CD version. It's like a weird point-and-click game. They had it at this place called the Gaming Warehouse for like three bucks. I should have picked it up just because you know it's a game I don't have, but I passed it up on passed up on it so I could pick up Green Dog, the Beach Surfer Dude, for three dollars complete. Uh, anyway, yeah, this was definitely a renter back then. Um, it, you could probably find this game for dirt cheap now. It's worth about a buck or two. Um, if I had. See, I would rate this game just north of garbage and just south of good. That makes any sense. It's not terrible, but with all the weapons and stuff, like you don't know what kills why you waste. So I, I always waste all my ammo trying to figure out how to kill that first dude and, and you just throw a grenade at it. And then all the leaps of faith and you die and those. Oh. And you can tell I'm not very good at playing these video games, at least the ones we choose to do. Uh, yeah, so I'd probably say this is, uh, you know, this is just something you throw away in the garbage. This is, uh, this is a $1.99, pick it up for free if you see it, game. Not, not a good one. Alright, we'll see you next month and hopefully I won't be late again. Sorry guys, I love you and I love Sega. Let's rock and roll. Sega!